Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. Rhino down in Studio X making sure everything goes smoothly on this signing day. Richard, or I'm sorry, Will pulled a Pavlov's dog on me yesterday, Rhino. He played Thunderstruck uh, at the during one of the breaks as we were going to a break, and I, I I said Thunder and Lightning. It was just I could not help it. It was just my my brain. When I hear Angus Young, I think of this show, and and I'm just like, oh, he, he messed with me. So that was yesterday. This is today. Today is signing day. This is Thunder and Lightning. Glad you've joined me here. If you want to get in touch, the ceasefire text line is available to you, 601-879-4395. Play the song, Rhino. Let's just get it out of the way. I mean, it's, it's, it's signing day. we gotta, we got to have it. we got to have it. <laughs> There it is. All right. It is signing day. Mississippi State's class is all but finished. Uh, and a, a, a class that, you know, when you think about where Jeff Levy came in and, and what this class was sitting on at that time uh, to get them to where they are right now, and they're currently ranked 29th on on three with a couple of, of commitments still to come, uh, not bad. Not not a bad job by, by Jeff Levy. Held the class together for the most part, kept the guys he wanted, added some good talent uh, around them, uh, continuing to work the transfer portal. We're not going to really focus too much on the, on the portal today because that's still an ongoing process. But from a high school and JUCO perspective for Mississippi State, not terrible. Only 23 spots behind Ole Miss. Is Ole Miss uh, sixth? They're sixth nationally? Let me double-check you, sir. By the way, this is an Ole Miss fan who's spending his Wednesday evening with us. Glad to see you. Appreciate that. Yeah, I'm looking at this thing here, and Ole Miss is not sixth. That's Oregon. Now, I, I understand your confusion. They both start with an O. I get it. I see Ole Miss here at 19th, and I see Mississippi State, as I mentioned, at 29th. So 10 spots behind. So not bad. Not uh, not bad. You were you were really really close. Good job. Appreciate you uh, tuning in. Uh, anyway, looking at this class for Mississippi State, I, I think it's it's kind of unbalanced. If I were to, to have to nitpick a, a negative about it, you know, normally when you think about Mississippi State recruiting in the past, they've they've had a, a ton of good defensive players. And they, they've sort of missed out on the offensive guys. And this one, they really did well on the offensive side of the ball, I feel. But defensively, they're, they're definitely lacking some guys, and that's something they're going to have to continue to work on uh, in the portal, especially when you consider the two big targets that are left for them uh, on uh, 
on the board are both offensive guys. Daniel Hill, the running back from Meridian, and uh, Stonka Burnside, the receiver from here in Starkville. But if that's the case for, for Mississippi State, then so be it, because with Jeff Levy, you needed to upgrade the offensive talent. You needed to be able to bring in a couple of guys you could feel could contribute right away. And I feel like State did that. You had to get out and get a quarterback. We'll start there because, you know, quarterbacks for, for Mississippi State over the past few years, you know, it's interesting to watch how the, the, the recruitment has changed in terms of, you know, they had a certain kind of style of quarterback they were getting under Mullen. Moorhead had his guy in Garrett Schrader, never really got a chance to to get a second guy. His second guy was Will Rogers, which to this day I wonder, like Will Rogers was going to run Joe Moorhead's offense where he, the quarterback needs to run the ball? I don't I don't know where how that would have worked out. Under Leach, you saw the guys he recruited out of Texas. And, and then, you know, now this is the first one for Jeff Levy. And, and Michael Van Buren is an interesting prospect who was committed to Oregon, flips to Mississippi State. The timeline of his recruitment uh, was, was, was very compressed in terms of he was committed to Oregon. Jeff Levy gets the Mississippi State job. He decommits from Oregon. He... Visits Mississippi State and then immediately commits to Mississippi State. That all took place in about a ten day span. Uh, so, so what? Levy gets the job on November twenty seventh, twenty sixth, something like that. And this kid's committed to Mississippi State, I think on the, on the ninth of, uh, of 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 December. So I guess a little longer than a little longer, almost two weeks. That's interesting. You know, you think about a guy who this is kid was not com- considering Mississippi State in any form or fashion. Uh, before Jeff Lebby arrived. So obviously he had a good relationship with him. He he buys into what Jeff Lebby is selling. I think, I, I could be wrong, I think that under Jeff Lebby, I think he's got a good enough reputation as an offensive coach that getting quality quarterbacks should become, you know, sort of the same way it was with Leach and sort of the same way it was with Mullen at post-Dak. You know, you look at, until Dak took off in 14-15, recruiting for I mean, Nick Fitzgerald, as good as he was at State, that guy was a, a low three-star recruit. But after Dak, State got four-star guys in. Now, they didn't pan out. I'd be the first one to say that, but Keaton Thompson and, and, and Jalen Maiden didn't pan out for Mississippi State. But you were able to get those guys signed and in the boat, if nothing else. Um and then with Leach, his reputation preceded him. That's why you're able to get a guy like Sawyer Robertson and a guy like Braden Locke. Again, you know, and State hasn't had good luck, as you can see here, not a lot of luck with these four-star uh, signees. The last four-star State quarterback State got that uh, panned out, I mean, how far back do I have to go? How far back? I, I, don't, I don't know the answer to that question. If you're, you know, Tyler Russell, I think, was a four-star, but you know, uh, he signed in 2009. That's Mullen's first class. And they had his his great junior year, but I mean that's that's been the the story at Mississippi State is they they've kind of elevated three star quarterbacks more than taking advantage of elite quarterbacks. So Van Buren will be looking to break a trend uh, if he is indeed uh, g- going to be State's quarterback of the future. And if this class can stay together, he's got a couple of playmakers to work with there at the at the receiver position: J.J. Harrell, uh, Mario Craver already in the boat, and then a late addition to the signing class for Mississippi State, uh, another flip, Ricky Johnson, three-star receiver out of uh, Warner Robins, Georgia. He was committed to Stanford. He visited Mississippi State this past weekend, and you know, uh, some of us were in the know about that, but we were asked to keep that quiet because Stanford has a pretty strict policy regarding committed players visiting other schools. They don't want it to happen. 
And so to try to keep that young young man's offer intact with the Cardinal, should Mississippi State have decided to go a different way, and we were asked to keep that on on the down low. Um, but he ends up flipping to Mississippi State. So you have those those three. You have San Francisco McGee, the receiver out of Macomb, who is, I believe is going to sign officially in the, the second signing period in February. That's when his high school is going to do their big, uh, all of their athletes will sign. He wants to sign with his teammates. So that's what that is the, the being advertised as. And then you have Stonka Burnside, who currently uncommitted. It's between State and Ole Miss. As we sit here today, 6.14 p.m., 12 December the 20th, 2023, I would tell you that I expect him to sign with Mississippi State. When we get to 6-14 tomorrow at this time, I might tell you something different because that's how recruiting works. It's ebbs and flows, it's ups and downs. But right now, I feel like Mississippi State's in a good position to land Stonka Burnside and add him to this class. And then at the running back position, no high school running back in this class as of now. They're waiting on Daniel Hill. He'll commit, to Miss, he'll commit I shouldn't say to Mississippi State, I don't know that for sure, He'll commit on January the 6th. Burnside will commit on January 3rd at the Under Armour All-American game. Um, but they did pick up a JUCO running back, and Johnny Daniels is the guy, I think, if you said pick somebody from this class who makes the biggest impact in year one, I would say it's probably him because State's running back room right now, it, it's kind of it's kind of hurting. You know, you've got Jeff Pittman and Kevon Lee in there. You have Seth Davis, but he suffered that bad injury against USM. And so, you know, what what's his situation going to be like next year? He's a guy I'm really excited about in the Jeff Levy offense. I think he fits the mold of what Levy likes from a running back. I think he can be a playmaker for Levy, but I don't know what his health is going to be like uh, going into the season. So State needed another running back. Daniels is going to have a great opportunity there uh, to come in and spring practice and win that starting job for Mississippi State. Defensively for the Bulldogs, uh, the the guy that stands out is Terrence Hibbler, uh, the defensive lineman out of Holmes County Central High School up there in Lexington. Um, rated a four-star by ESPN, a high three-star. I'm sorry, also a four-star on Rivals, but a high three-star on 24-7 and on three. On three is this new uh, recruiting website, by the way. I, I highly suggest you guys uh, check it out if you haven't already. Uh, he's, the, he's the top defensive guy for the Bulldogs in, in this class, so... I don't know about the balance of this class, but I like the top-end guys. And if there's one thing I know about Mississippi State through the years is that they've they've always found a couple of guys there that you think are you're like, oh, these guys aren't very good players. Then you look up in a couple of years and they're playing at a, at a really high level for Mississippi State. It's just, that's just been a trend uh, throughout the years uh, here in Starkville. So let's talk a little bit more about this those offensive guys, those receivers, and this recruiting class as a whole. My friend Chad Bumpus, coach. Chad Bumpus, Mississippi State receivers coach, will join us in just a moment, and we'll talk recruiting and his receiving group when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. You called down the thunder, well now you got it. We are back here on Thunder and Lightning live on Super Talk Mississippi and joining us now 
on the Farm Bureau guest line. My good friend Chad Bumpus, wide receivers coach at Mississippi State. You're, I tried texted you earlier today. Were you busy or something? I mean, nonstop. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a, a whole show. So, but yeah, no, we've been going. How's it go? How's everything? Man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to talk to you. Let's let's talk about before signing day. Let's talk about the time between, uh, you know, when Zach Arnett was let go and then Jeff Levy comes in. You know, you're a first year head coach, a first year assistant coach here at Mississippi State. Your alma mater. This is where you were trying to get back to. What was the conversation like with Coach Levy, where he let you know we want to keep you on staff here for 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 my tenure as well? Um. It was really easy, actually. So the first day we talked, he had, he just called me. I think we had a scheduled staff meeting at like nine. He was like, "Hey, let's get together at eight. Let's get up. Let's talk about some recruiting." And so, uh, I mean, we had a couple different conversations before he even told me. So I'm just like, "All right, mm-hmm. here we go." And then when he finally told me, he was like, "Yeah, so uh, you're staying on. So let's go to work." And it was that simple. <laughs> I know you had to appreciate that because absolutely, just, I, I I know you wanted to stay, so yeah, that that was good news. And I think so. it was it was important for Mississippi State to keep some coaches from from the old staff just to bridge the gap. And, and I asked Coach Levy about that this afternoon. He described your role as and, he, and this is a quote. He said, "Crucial to what you guys were able to pull off today in terms of signing day." And for me, with you, it starts with that receiver group. You've got three in the boat right now. You've got a couple more hopefully coming down down the pipe. J.J. Harrell is the ringleader of this class, and he's a guy that when he committed Chad, I thought, okay, that, I mean, he's a receiver, right? There's going to be drama with him. I know who you guys are. And there never was. This guy led your class the whole way. Just tell us about your relationship with J.J. Harrell and, and what kind of a player he's going to be. He has been unbelievable. Obviously, we all know it. We see it. Um, but just like the, the maturity deal. And when we talked, cause he had been committed to Tennessee. And when we talked, I talked with coach Montgomery over at North, when he was at North Panola and he was like, listen, if you're going to do this now, if we're going to do this, this is it. We're not going to play these games. He said, coach, this is where I want to be. My family's Mississippi state. We got a great relationship. I'm locked in. And he has been that since, since the day we had that conversation. So he's been awesome, man. And, Again, you you have to love the the fact that he loves Mississippi State and he wants this place to be as good as it can be. He's helped us recruit as much as anybody. Um, and then you talk about him as a player. It's, I mean, there's so much untapped potential that he. I mean, he he great size. He can run. He's got great ball skills. Great hands. Runs really good routes. And again, the, the craziest part about it is he's really raw. Like there's so much room for growth, so I'm excited about it. And he gets he graduates early, so he'll be here for spring ball, which is going to be huge for him um, and his development. So we couldn't be happier, man. We I think we got us one with him. Is he a guy that if he comes in with the right mindset and the right attitude, you could see him working his way into being a big contributor this fall? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He's got all the ability, and like I told him, um, with you, it's not about can you do it. It's all right. Are you? How fast do you pick up the playbook? How fast do you do you get used to the speed at this level? Um, learning the small details, but ability-wise, there's no doubt about it. So um, now I get to be coach, you know, and I get, it's my job to get him ready. And as long as he's willing to work like he's been able to do, well, there'll be no issues. 
Then you pick up uh, a receiver from the state of Alabama, Mario Craver. I, I see speed when I see him. I see yeah. I see a guy who can take small plays and turn them into big plays. And you know the, we've been talking about this offense and, and the term "score from far." Feels like he's a guy who can do that for you. Oh yeah, he's one of those guys. Now you put the ball in his hands and he makes you a better coach. Um, he's a guy we've been on for a while. Uh, even with the last staff, we had been in constant communication with him. Um, we got close to getting him to jump in a couple of times, but it finally happened. And again, he's a guy, man. He can in the return game, like he does so many good things with the ball in his hands. Just put the ball in, give him the ball, and let him go. So excited about him, uh, his, his flexibility. Obviously, you look at him, you think slot receiver, but with that speed, you could put him outside too. So he's a guy who, um, again, gets here early, so he'll be able to go through spring ball and uh, get accustomed to it and get rolling. And then you picked up uh, another guy just a few minutes ago, actually, right right before the show came on the air. Uh, you, you flip a guy from Stanford, Ricky Johnson. Uh, I know that his recruitment was kind of you know sort of hush hush over the past few weekends. When did he pop up on the radar for you, and and what does he bring to Starkville? Um, again, Ricky's a guy that we saw. I mean, when I first got here, really, um, not a whole lot of traction with him early on, but he's a guy that I mean. Even after spring ball, I went down to see him, and you watch his tape, and you you, you love what you see on tape. And then again, you, you you meet the kid, and academic guy, really really smart, and just a football player. What's so special about Ricky is Ricky is his high school offense is exactly what we're going to be running this fall. So when we were on our visit last weekend, we're sitting down watching tape. And he's calling out the plays, the same, and it's the same name. There's no terminology difference for him. So what we call it here is what they called it in high school. So he's got that leg up, man. He uh, he understands the offense. Again, there's some read stuff involved in there, and he gets it, man. He's a smart kid, and he can really go now. He, I'm excited about him. Wish we could get him here early, um, but no, he's another one that we're really excited about. He has all the tools. We haven't talked about the transfer portal much because we've sort of focused on the high school guys, but you've got a big one there in Kelly Akari from, from UTEP. This is a guy who averaged 21 yards a catch a season ago. Again, going back to what we said about the Jeff Levy offense and the big plays in the passing game, it felt like you needed a veteran guy in, in, out of the portal in this group, and, and you got one. Yeah. No, he's a, he's a, he's a really good one. Um, we're excited about him as well. <laughs> he, uh, he's a guy who popped up. I flew out to see him. Sat down with him. We talked, and he um, he was he he told me exactly what he was looking for, and that's what we needed. So it was, I think, a perfect match. Um, again, you talk about just some leadership in that room. You look at that room. What we got coming back? We got four guys that played receiving for us last year coming back. So you you have to add some depth there. Um, obviously, we, the, the the in-state w- was loaded with talent this year, so wanted to get as many of those guys as we could. Obviously, there are still two out there that we're waiting on that we hope we get some good news from. Um, but, yeah, you talk about, hey, we're going to add five, six freshman receivers. we got to get some uh, some older guys in that room, too. And he came in, fit perfect with us, uh, had the right attitude. Again, a mature guy who's played a lot of ball and who's been successful, big play guy. So um, that's what we need in this offense. 
Are there some similarities between this receiver group and the one that you were part of as, as a player? You, when you came to Mississippi State, State needed to get that immediate infusion of talent out of the receiver room. They didn't have a lot of proven guys, so guys like you, uh, Brandon Heavens, and others were able to play a little earlier than maybe you, you would have thought. Is there sort of some similarities there for you? Absolutely. We, uh, I've talked about it with Coach Levy. I talked about it with, with some of, some of the recruits. It's very similar in the fact that we came in my freshman year. We played four true freshmen at receiver that year, you know? Mm -hmm. So again, and it's good because I talked to them, got to those guys about, Hey, you got to grow up fast. You don't, you don't get to have the average freshman year. Um, there's going to be a lot of, we're going to depend on y'all a lot. So we need you guys to be mature, grow up fast and take this serious, understand what, what the uh what opportunity you got in front of you take advantage of it you come here to play well here you go all right we're going to throw you out there we're going to learn obviously there's going to be some freshman mistakes but we're going to learn through them we're going to get better and these guys are going to help us a lot just what are your initial thoughts about this offense and, and the talent you have do you feel like you've got guys who can make this this offense click in year one? Oh yeah absolutely absolutely um because again the guys that were in the room come from an air raid system and again this is not that system but um there's a lot we, we spread the field out um and that what i love about it there's 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 a lot of choice and option routes involved in the offense where you and the quarterback have to be on the same page you got to see the field the same um and it helps you be a, a more complete receiver just because you're not just worried about the guy across from you, you got to read the, the the whole shell back there just like the quarterback and make sure you're, you're seeing the same thing so um, I think we have the pieces. I think we, and again, with the additions, I think we're going to be set up perfect. So, um, obviously, with those guys being new and just getting on the same page with the quarterback, it's going to be good. But um, I'm excited. I think we got what we need, and I'm <laughs> ready to get rolling and watch these guys go at it. Well, we got about a minute left, so let's say 30 seconds for your answer here. But Blake Shapin, what do you like about him as a quarterback? Experience. If you got a quarterback, you got a chance. He's a guy who has a lot of experience, and what I really like about him, he's got some stuff to him. You know, he's got he brings some swagger to that room, and he uh, he's a guy who's also been recruiting his tail off, right? Coach, you tell us who we who who we're on, who we're interested in. Give me that number. I'm gonna call him um, again. He's out in Texas. Him and Kelly worked out yesterday, so you know what I mean. They they they're taking this serious, and we got the right guys to, to get done what we want to get done. All right, one last thing before you go. I believe you told me it was her birthday this past weekend. I'm going to give a shout-out to Chad's mom. Yeah, my mom, happy birthday, uh, December 16th of every year. So uh, she's a year younger this year. Um, <laughs> so no. There we go. Chad Bumpus, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thunder and lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. I am absolutely and completely thunderstruck. Out of all the rain, you know you're the mastermind. Robert Rudolph, Santa coming for behind. I'll be doing a Spotify search for that one, Rhino. Didn't know that Lemmy brought the holiday cheer like that. Fantastic. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for joining me here 
Uh, wherever you're joining me from, from your local Super Talk affiliate, from the Super Talk app, Super Talk TV, or just wherever. If you're listening on the uh, Thunder and Lightning podcast feed, I appreciate you uh, no matter what. This is the final Thunder and Lightning with me of the calendar year. Next week, uh, my my the Lightning to my Thunder, my co- co-host and uh, good friend Robbie Falk will join you. So I'll be on vacation next week for the Christmas holidays, and uh, he'll cover. Uh, he'll have us covered next week. So you get to talk to Robbie uh, to finish out the 2023 campaign uh, here on Thunder and Lightning. I want to thank Chad Bumpus for joining us. Appreciate his time. I know it's it's very valuable. Even even now with signing day done, the recruiting hasn't stopped. And let's talk about that for just a minute because still two huge targets for Mississippi State out there, uh, Stonka Burnside and Daniel Hill. With Burnside... Obviously was committed to Mississippi State, committed the same day that J.J. Harrell did, and, and there was kind of an idea that they were going to be this dynamic duo uh, for Mississippi State. Sonko uh, decommits uh, during the season. I think the Monday after the Kentucky game was when he he, he pulled the plug on his commitment. Um, and then there was a, a stretch there where, quite frankly, he was headed to Ole Miss. He was going to go to Ole Miss. There were just, that's, that's where it was, it was trending. He was going to follow the, the, the road that A.J. Brown uh, built and go to Ole Miss, uh, but then the hiring of Jeff Levy and the retention of Chad Bumpus have got Mississippi State back into the game with Stonka Burnside, and to the point where, as it sits today, again we're at six thirty nine now on December the twentieth. I feel like Mississippi State is the favorite to land the Starville wide receiver, and if that were the case, when you add McGee to this class uh, on, in February, which I, I don't believe there's any drama with San Francisco McGee. Uh, I mean that's that's as good a group of receivers as State has ever signed. You know, three of them would be four stars by at least one service. You had Ricky Johnson, who obviously had other Power Five offers. Mario Craver had other Power Five offers. So that I mean, and I'm sorry, San Francisco McGee was committed to Ole Miss, so he had other Power Five offers. It would be a really good group for the Bulldogs, and they need them, as Bumpus was telling us. You know, some of those guys are going to have to be able to come in and compete for playing time day one. Uh, State needs those playmakers to, to, to show up because with Tulu Griffin gone, with Xavion Thomas gone, you know Justin Robinson has, has has been up and down in his career. You haven't seen enough of Creed Whittemore, uh, Jordan Mosley. Haven't seen enough of those guys. And then you have Jaden Wally, who you know had a great freshman year, and then has just battled through injuries for the, the for the last couple of seasons and hasn't been the same player. Hopefully, you know maybe he can go out in his his final campaign. At Mississippi State and, and have that kind of year that we thought you know, to, to finish out a career that we all thought was going to be so promising. Uh, if you go back to his first year in 2020, so Burnside, you know, he's going to announce on January the third. There was some hope that possibly he would uh, he would sign and State would kind of keep it on the down low. But you would you would people like me would just know. I am telling you that I if he signed with anybody today, he didn't sign with Mississippi State. So I'm going to tell you that he didn't sign with anybody today because it would have gotten out. Some somebody would be saying something to let you know that they have Stonka Burnside's signed letter of intent. Nobody is saying that. So either a for the first time in the history of recruiting, somebody's going to keep a secret, or b he didn't sign with anybody, and it'll be January 3rd at the Under Armour All American Game. Hill, I think the Mississippi State got a boost today. When Alabama got a commitment from the running back uh, from the city of Miami, Kevin Riley, I believe is his name, and he committed. Oh no, he may he may have actually been from Tuscaloosa. Let me let me double check that. But he was committed to Miami, 
and ended up, uh, yeah, he is from Tuscaloosa. How was a kid from Tuscaloosa ever going to get out from Alabama? Well, he didn't. He signed with Alabama after flipping uh, from Miami, four-star running back. That helps in the Daniel Hill recruitment. Now, again, with, with the way the things are these days, you could take that. There's no limit on the on the scholarships you can sign. You just got to have only 85 at the end of the day. So if Alabama really wants Daniel Hill and they're willing to process somebody else, they can keep him. They can get him into the class. And I do think it really is as simple as if Alabama says yes, he will be an Alabama signee with Daniel Hill. I really believe that. But if they say no, he will come to Mississippi State. That is that is what I believe is going to be the case with Daniel Hill. With Hill at Mississippi State, you have a chance for immediate playing time, I think. Because, as I mentioned earlier, State's running back room, it's kind of bereft of that star guy. You know, you think about Mississippi State through the years, they've always had a, a top running back, but the air raid uh, has sort of gotten them away from that, and now they just don't have that guy there. You know, there is no Dixon, Norwood, Ballard, uh, you know, J.J. Uh, uh, J. Johnson type running back in this running back room. So, Daniel Hill could come in as a freshman and get some immediate opportunities there. Uh, if he, if it, if State can't get him into the boat, they're going to put the full-court press on the Oregon transfer, Dante Dowdle. He was with the top-rated running back in the state a season ago, went to Oregon uh, out of Picayune High School, and now is in the portal. Visited State last weekend, uh, but plans to take some visits into the, uh, the month of January before making his decision. Um. And again, with Hill, that's a guy who had zero interest in Mississippi State prior to Jeff Levy's arrival here in Starkville. Could not even get the kid to come to, never mind just taking a visit to campus, couldn't even get him to come to a camp at, on the Mississippi State campus. Had no interest in being a Bulldog. Um, then Jeff Levy comes in, and all of a sudden you've got him on campus. You've got him around J.J. Harrell and Michael Van Buren and all those guys who are going to commit to Mississippi State. And you, 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 you've shot into the, to the lead at, at some, and according to some. And at the very least, you're, you're very much in the, the race for Daniel Hill. So we'll see, you know, how that pans out for the Bulldogs. If they get one of those two guys, they did good. If they get them both, and this is going to end up being around a top, it's going to be in the top 25 somewhere. So a pretty good class when you, especially when you consider where it was when, when Levy got here. And if that's the kind of, of damage he can do, in 30 days as Mississippi State's head coach, what can he do with 12 months as Mississippi State's head coach? You know, this, you look at next year, this is another Mississippi State. Mississippi usually, you know, they have a good year in terms of a deep talent pool, and this year was certainly that. You had a ton of four star guys throughout the state. And then usually the next year it kind of falls off a little bit. Not going to be the case in 2025. A lot of high end talent, big defensive linemen. The top player in the state is a receiver. Caleb Cunningham and Mississippi State and Chad Bumpus have built a great relationship with that young man. I would tell you that as we sit here today, and now it's 645, that Mississippi State is probably the favorite. If signing day 2025, 2024, 2025 was today, Caleb Cunningham would likely be a Bulldog. Long, long, long way to go uh, with that one. But I, I think if you're a Bulldog fan, you should be excited about the, the high school recruiting potential of Jeff Levy. I think he is a, he is a coach that gets recruiting, you know, more than 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 Leach obviously did. Mullen, we've talked about him in recruiting in the past. I thought Moorhead worked really hard in recruiting, and and I think he enjoyed recruiting and getting those young players. But then you you know he lacked the the, the on the field 
ability. You know, you're hoping that with Levy, you get the on the field of Mullen and the recruiting of Moorhead. Then you've got something that Mississippi State can build upon, and 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 you know, and start building, rebuilding. I know Levy said on this program on Sports Talk Mississippi yesterday, he doesn't view um, his first year as a rebuild. But so call it whatever you want. The, the foundation has has some cracks in it. It needs to be. You know, it needs to be bolstered up and reinforced so that you can move forward. And so that in year one, you can be competitive with everybody on your schedule and you're not dropping games, you know, where you're only scoring three points, seven points in a game. I think state's going to lose some games, you know, 35, 31 this year and stuff. But the offense being much better this year will lead to better recruiting in years to come. Mississippi is a state that always produces enough quality defensive talent that once you get everybody sort of on the same page, state will be able to recruit better defensively than they did this season. And, of course, they're not done recruiting defensively this season. Uh, today at his press conference, Levy talked about that. He said the, the, the portal, they're going to be focusing on an edge rusher, focusing on trying to get another cornerback in here. They know they need help on the defensive side of the ball. And once bowl games start getting played, you're going to see guys from LSU and and Georgia and Alabama. Not saying that state's going to load up on those guys by any stretch of the imagination, but another crop of players will start to enter the transfer portal, and state will be able to go in there and hopefully get a few of them. You know, there's a lot of there's some smoke that when Coleman Hutzler leaves Alabama, he might be able to get convince a few of his guys to come with him. That would be a very welcome thing for Mississippi State to get some Alabama transfers. You know, this past year they had Marcus Banks, and Banks had his moments for Mississippi State here and there. He was a solid enough player for the Bulldogs, but maybe if they can get a few more, I mean, you're not going to turn down former four- and five-star talent by any stretch of the imagination. So State's got a lot of work to do in the transfer portal in these next few weeks. Uh, You know, the, the portal closes on the second, so let's be clear about that. The portal closes on the second for going in. But whoever's in can still sign at that point. So you can sign on the 10th, the 11th of January. You basically have until the last ad drop date at Mississippi State, whenever that is. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the weeks to come, obviously, because recruiting, it never sleeps. It's never done uh, here at Mississippi State. Let's talk some hoops when we come back. Big game this weekend for the Bulldogs, and could they be getting a big addition to their roster? We'll talk about that. Let's do that after this break. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Listen up! One last go around here with you in 2023. We're on Thunder and Lightning. I'm Brian Haydad. Rhino down there in Studio X. Rhino, my sincerest thanks for a full year of uh, of helping me out on this show. Really appreciate all that you do for me. You are the man. So, uh, what we got this weekend? Mississippi State basketball in the Gotham Classic 
with uh, against Rutgers. Now, I'm not sure, because this game is being played in New Jersey, I'm not sure if I want to go Sopranos references or or Batman references. Um, I'm probably going to go Sopranos. I feel like that's a little bit more uh, a little bit more timely. I got a little bit more source material uh, to work with. So, oh, we'll go with the Sopranos. Italian things are big right now. We got Tommy DeVito over there in New York. You know, we're just we're doing the hand gesture. Uh, let's go. With, we'll go with that. Um, this is a big game for Mississippi State. State's on a three-game winning streak uh, ever since that that ugly loss to uh, to Southern, and but they've been inconsistent. They played really, really well in the uh, first the whole game against Tulane. They played really well in the first half against Murray State, but had to hold on for dear life in the second half to get the win. Then they played poorly in the first half against North Texas, but then came back and won the game easily. So if I had to guess the. Uh, uh, Chris James would probably rather have a, a little bit more of that two-lane game than anything else uh, in this game against Rutgers, which is, by the way, if you're looking for it on TV, it's on the Big Ten Network, so if you don't have that, you're just SOL on that one, I guess. So, uh, 11 a.m. tip on Saturday. Saturday, 11 a.m. in Newark, New Jersey, over under on 400 fans at this game. I mean, I... People doing their last-minute Christmas shopping? Who's going to this game? I don't know the answer to that question. Um, one person who might be going to this game, though, is Tolu Smith. Now, he'll be there one way or the other, but will he be on the court? Resumed practice last Friday, full 100% practice last Friday. Did not play Sunday, obviously, against North Texas. Is this an opportunity for Mississippi State to maybe get him back on the court, give him a few minutes, see how he feels? Or do you want to wait another week and and put them out there? Uh, they pl- the next time the Bulldogs uh, take the court is uh, Sunday on New Year's Eve against Bethune Cookman uh, here in Starkville. So do you, do you want to wait for that moment and, and to bring him back there, or do you want to go ahead and try to maybe ease him back into the to the rotation uh, this week uh, against Rutgers? I mean, I don't know that. I think you have to go into this game with a plan for that, right? I don't think you can say, "Well, let's see how the team's playing," and because then, then you, you, you put you put pressure on yourself. You start looking around, and maybe you're down five at some point. You go, "No, no, let's get Tolu in." Yeah, you know, I think you need to go in with a plan and an idea of what you want from Tolu Smith in this game uh, before you even hit the court. So, if if you don't see Tolu in the, I don't think he'll start this first game. I think they they they'll ease him back in, get him some minutes in the first half. And, and then the second half, and just sort of see where see how he feels. But I don't think you can play that one by ear. I think you do have to come in with that game with a plan. If State can get to eleven and two, they're nine and two in the non conference right now. If they can win these last two games, a net, I mean, a neutral site win over Rutgers. Rutgers is seven and three on the year. That's probably a quad two win throughout the year. Maybe, maybe could could drop lower than that if you can get it. The Bethune-Cookman, that will be a game that's that's tough to, to keep out of the quad three, quad four area, area uh, for the Bulldogs. I mean, that's a team that, you know, they just aren't. You know, playing it at home obviously hurts. They're 5-5 five and five on the season, you know, and then playing the SWAC. I, I can't see that, that that's going to be a very a good win for Mississippi State if they're able to get it. Um, but being 11-2, and two, being on a five-game winning streak, entering SEC play, uh, would would do wonders for the Bulldogs, and, and I think you know, like I said, if your net's in the the early, the low thirties to start conference play, I mean, you feel like it almost should take care of itself if you handle your business in conference play. 
If you're above 500 or around it, again, uh, you should be uh, you should be in pretty good shape. So someone says, "Oof, Marol." I don't know if I, I don't know if we can say the translation for that though. Here on uh, here on on you know the airwaves. So I wonder if they'll go to Sacriales after the game. Get a sub, anything you want. Gabagool, provolone, vinegar peppers. I had gabagool this past weekend, by the way. We have a, we had our Christmas party. We have a little. I got a little subculture of Sopranos fans, so I went and bought some. Uh, it's it's actually called Capicola. I don't know how it became gabagool, but whatever. So I went and got some. I put it on a plate, and when they all showed up, I was like, "I got the gabagool, gabagool over here." That's that was was fun. I laughed. I laughed anyway. All right, guys, I have appreciated this year with you on Thunder and Lightning. I will be back in 2024. Uh, Robbie Falk will take care of everything for you next week. Guys, have a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and I will talk to you. Of course, I'll be on Sports Talk Mississippi next two days anyway. So, But, you know, some of you don't want to listen to that show. Richard's there. I get it. Talk to you guys in the new year. For Rhino, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.